Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. We're delighted you could join us. Welcome. We're here today with Dr. Viola Konevsky of Acuity NYC. She's going to talk about the No Surprises Act and what that means to optometrists. Dr. Konevsky, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Margie. Um, I want to make a little disclaimer first. I'm by no means an expert on this subject, but I was privy to a really wonderful um, AOA webinar about the subject, uh, which, of course, surprised me very much. Um, So (laughs) I'll tell you a little bit about it first, if you want to hear, for those of you who have not, were not privy to the webinar. Um, And of course, there's been a lot of hubbub on social media about implementation of the act. At first, um, everyone assumed that small practices would not be uh, held to this legislation. But the short story is at this point, yes, we are required as of January 1st, 2022, to present every patient who is either uninsured or plans not to use their insurance in our office, what's called a good faith estimate or a GFE. And that has to be in writing, and it has to include all of the services that may be needed, including a diagnosis code. Um, This estimate has to be valid for a year and has to include the actual, I'm sorry, the actual incurred costs cannot exceed the estimate by more than $400, and that would include materials. Hmm. So as you can imagine, I, in my opinion, every one of the Title VIII professions and medicine is going to be fighting this because originally this act was meant to include hospital stays where you show up to a hospital thinking that you're insured. Um, it winds up being out of network or a specialist visits who is out of network and then you're presented with a you know $100,000 bill or several hundred thousand dollar bill. That makes a lot of sense to everyone and of course is something that would be great. Uh, but now, as everything else, I think the legislation is kind of overreached, perhaps unintentionally. Um, and so in my office, I have decided, and I don't think this should be taken as guidance by anyone, but I've decided that I'm going to hold off on implementing this until there's further guidance, um, as every profession, I'm sure, is you know, up in arms about this for small offices. Right, because... <laughs> The kinds of services that we're talking about then would include the the sort of things that you do all the time, myopia management, perhaps, um, some dry eye treatments. Uh, you know, if there's not uh, insurance coverage for some of these procedures, so in, in they my, would, in theory, mm-hmm. apply, right? Absolutely. Um, in my office, um, I don't take any insurance at all except for Medicare mm-hmm. and um, one plan for children. So everyone would be covered by this. And mm-hmm. so in, in my case, even – and I asked this question uh, from to the legal department, and they agree that, yes, this seems to be a covered instance. So, for example, if a patient calls my staff and says, hi, I'd like to make an appointment, they say, are you a new patient? They'll say yes. You know, how much do you think an appointment will cost? They'll, of course, give them an estimate. But what this does is it now creates an immediate situation where even before they've made an appointment, you are now obligated to send them in writing this GFE, which has to include their name, their date of birth, an itemized list of services and estimated charges, the goods that might be needed, the date of service, which, of course, is unknown as of yet, a diagnosis, which is unknown as of yet, the doctor's name, the NPI, um, and the date the GFE is issued with 
some disclaimers attached to it. Um, and that has to be valid for a year. So imagine my staff now having to figure out what the heck the patient is calling about. The patient doesn't know. Right. They would have to interrupt me to ask all this. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it apparently has to include things like glasses that they might, might purchase. So the good faith estimate needs to be within $400, according to the law, of what the ultimate charges will be. But you can't possibly know if they're going to need specialty lenses or what they might need before you've seen them. Well, and you know, add, add to that the practice of the, the um, problem of every practice facing right now which, with staff shortages. I can't, mm-hmm. my staff can't keep up with the phone calls and answering calls and questions as is. And then to add this amount of paperwork to it, it doesn't require a patient signature or anything like that, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you, of course, you have to post a poster in your office that they're entitled to this GFE. I can't see that anyone's going to do this. I mean, I, sh- I mean, yes, I can get within a four hundred dollar estimate. We usually do, right? And we give a patient that estimate, but to create a written piece of paper that then goes to them is really heinous, in my opinion. So you're currently president of the New York State Optometric Association. Are your members asking questions about this? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> everyone is kind of upset about this. We've had, you know, just sort of climbing out of dealing with the pandemic and all of that, that 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 entails. And again, everyone is, especially upstate New York, um, is dealing with severe staff shortages. This would be really difficult to deal with. And of course, this doesn't, we also, you know, in our industry, unfortunately, there's a lot of shopping that goes on. We get phone calls from other offices and, you know, 1-800 and all these places mm-hmm. that are basically price shopping. And we don't know that this mm-hmm. could be someone that just wants a list of our prices. There's a lot of issues, I think, that haven't been really evaluated and looked at properly before they went ahead and said that this is what you have to do. So I, I, I understand your tactic right now is to is to wait and see what what do you do in the meantime i mean is there any conversation about it with with staff or even with patients do patients ask no patients have not asked uh other than the normal ask that you know someone might say listen we by the way every patient that calls us we will always say at the end of the conversation, we'll say, by the way, do you plan to use insurance for your visit? And they'll mm-hmm. say yes or no. And we say, okay, we're out of network for this. We just want to let you know the prices will be approximately this. So we normally do this as a course of normal business, as I think many, right. many or most optometrists do. But we, this generation of a written GFE with all of this on it, um, we have not implemented yet. And I I can't, it would be impossible for my staff to actually be able to do this right now. Um, I'm not I'm not recommending that other people do this. Um, I think that uh, EHRs will catch up at some point and be able to generate mm-hmm. an automatic response to the patient, but I, I don't know of a single one yet that has done that. Right. So how have you or how can ODs make their displeasure known. The AOA is asking for doctors to write down their grievances and the issues that this presents to their individual practices and send it to the AOA. Is your staff concerned about this? I mean, are they already thinking about, uh uh-oh, what happens with this? 
but it's a it's a kind of thing like you know they're not on top of legislation they they can barely keep up with all the different types of ophthalmic lenses that are available and services that are available as we add them you know it, it feels like almost every week there's some new technology or new contact lens available and that's great and that's what we're there for we're there to present all that to our patients and make sure that we're on top of all that mm-hmm. so on top of that to have a legal team on, on staff would be beyond their capabilities right. Right. But I mean, the, and it sounds like you are already following sort of the, the spirit, not the letter, obviously, but the spirit of this act is is to increase transparency. Right. Um, so to start off with this whole act was meant, I think, to apply to a situation where you are in an emergency and cannot possibly wake up to say, oh, no, this specialist is out of network. I don't want to see them. Um, but instead, it actually excludes emergency services, mm-hmm. as far as I understand it. So, that doesn't. So, in, I think that the way it was explained to me is that if someone walks into your office and this is an emergency, you don't have to provide them with a GFE, right? You have to, which I guess also makes sense. You have to take care of the right. emergency, right? But I, I'm not sure it's addressing the actual problem that exists in our healthcare system, where patients are, you know, wind up with hundreds of thousands of dollars in bills that they didn't anticipate. Right. Has I don't see none of our, none of our offices ever I, I can't imagine that anyone ever walks out of any optometric office and has a bill for over $400 more than they expected to pay. And of course when we sell glasses, you're talking to the patient in real time and you're telling them the price of it, they mm-hmm. can choose to purchase right. it or not. Right. And and you don't send them the bill afterwards. Now, I, I have I had a, I did have a patient tell me an interesting story. So I can see where this may happen in some offices. I don't know of any, but so they went, um, they came to me for a second opinion because they had just seen an ophthalmologist for dry eye. Now, this patient happens to have a retinal specialist and a glaucoma specialist, and I'm their contact lens specialist. So, you know, the, this is many of my patients are a little bit maybe on the needy side. But so she goes to this, she's very worried about her vision. She goes to this ophthalmologist that came highly recommended. And she says, I don't want, I just want you to look at my, you know, what's going on with my dry eye. I already have a retinologist. I, have, you know, who buckles my retina and so forth. I have someone who fits my contact lenses. I just want you to look at this one particular thing. The ophthalmologist, um, the front off, and she asked how much will the visit be? They said, well, and by the way, she had asked before she went to the office, do they take her insurance? They mm-hmm. said yes. She, Her friend has the same exact insurance. Her friend said they do take your insurance. She shows up at the office at the front desk. They say, we don't take this insurance. She says, oh, well, okay, how much will it be? They say about $500. She says, okay, I'll pay that. She goes into the visit, and even though she specifically says to the person who starts refracting her, says, I don't want to be refracted, they say, well, this is part of the procedure here. We're doing this. Okay. This goes on test after test mm-hmm. after the test for about 40 minutes. She gets really upset. She says, look, I don't want any of this testing. Finally, they said, well, this is what we do in order to diagnose your dry eye. They proceed to do an entire allergy oh, test panel, a skin test panel, which she says, I really don't want to do this. They said, well, this is the only way we can diagnose what's going on with you. They do, And I'm starting to almost not believe her. She's telling me this story. Because she clearly says, I don't want this done, and they continue to do it. Four hours later into the visit, the finally the ophthalmologist walks in and throws an entire bag full of drugs oh. at her, every steroid you can imagine, I, I mean, everything, just the kitchen sink. And she walks out with this, 
And at the front desk, she gets a bill for $2,700. Holy cow. So I, I guess this does yeah. happen. Um, but I can't see that this is such a weird, bizarre situation that I can't imagine happens right. in any of our offices. Right. But, and it, it also sort of illustrates why uh, legislators felt like a No Surprises Act was necessary. I mean, that's, that is a, yes. that's a consumer horror story. What, what happened to that patient? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I almost, I said to her, can I see this, you don't happen to have these medications? Uh-huh. I almost didn't believe her. And she does indeed pulls out a bag of prescriptions and medications, which by the way, the prescriptions that she went to pick up, because she didn't understand that she didn't have to pick them up were another oh, no. several, uh, close to $700 for know. prescriptions. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, so I, I think my advice to my colleagues would be if I hope that you're already doing this, that you're already giving mm-hmm. patients good estimates. Um, I hope that you're already having your uh, Medicare patients sign ABNs for services that right. you know will not be covered um, and that you're giving your that you have handouts that you give to patients with guidelines for myopia management, for scleral lens fitting, for things, for services that are complex and extended and might need an estimate before they start. Or perhaps your staff might sit down as they start the appointment and explain to them what the fees would be. And I think you should continue that. Um, Certainly, if you want to go ahead and give them an estimate, you can go ahead and do that. Um, I'm not saying you should not comply. And I absolutely think that in your own situations, whatever about this act makes it difficult for you to function, Mm -hmm. write it down and send it to the AOA because they will be going back to legislators and trying to amend this. Great. Well, that's uh, um, that's so interesting, and I and and I I knew that you would have put a, a lot of thought into into this already because as as we've done another podcast with you, most of your patients are um, not covered by insurance uh, as you're an out out of network provider for for everyone. Um, Dr. Konevsky, thank you so much. We will provide readers and listeners with a link to that AOA site where they can uh, um, share their stories and and concerns. And uh, I'm sure we'll follow up on this. Thank you for being here. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to be a part of WO Voices, please let us know. You can find us on the web at womeninoptometry.com on Facebook at WO Magazine, and on Twitter at WomenODs. We'd love to hear from you.